Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It's Thursday, we are edging towards the weekend. We are edging towards the completion of week one of the international break. Leandro Trossard in action for Arsenal, uh, for Arsenal, sorry, in action for Belgium last night. It was the first Arsenal player involved in the internationals that are now going to come thick and fast over the next few days. He came on as a substitute in a 1-0 win. I think it was against Serbia for Belgium. Got about half an hour of action. Didn't sound like there was any sort of injury issue for him. So that's one done and dusted. Fingers crossed the rest can stay injury-free during their breaks. We'll talk a little bit about Gabriel Jesus in today's show, the latest to him and his injury and how it's being managed over in Brazil. Uh, some interesting quotes coming out from their manager about Jesus. So we'll look at that. I want to talk a little bit about Jakub Kivior, who's over with Poland, of course, at the moment, but is generating lots of headlines over in Italy in terms of his potential future. So I want to have my say on that. I promise that this will be the last time I mention the Newcastle VAR controversy um, but I think it was well worth a mention today. The the um, audio from the VAR has now been leaked by uh, Team News and Ticks, obviously fantastic account on Twitter, leaked lineups on Instagram. He goes by, he has leaked that audio. So we now know what the VAR was saying during that. And I thought it was well worth mentioning because it's pretty remarkable, I have to say. So I want to talk about that. Got a couple of questions and comments from you guys as well. Uh, so we will get going, shall we? Let's start with Gabriel Jesus. Uh, who we know is over in Brazil. He was called up by the Brazilian national team for their games against Colombia and Argentina, despite the fact he hasn't played for Arsenal for over three weeks with that hamstring injury he suffered in the win over against Sevilla in the Champions League in Spain. Arsenal were hoping he wasn't going to have to go, but Brazil were insistent. They called him up, and once they do that, Arsenal can't stop him going. They have He has to go. Uh, they had hoped to avoid it with discussions with Brazil, but Brazil were adamant they wanted to go in those conversations they were having. My understanding of it was 
that Arsenal were, you know, informed that we're going to take very good care of Gabriel Jesus. We want him there just so he's around the squad. This is all part of this new kind of philosophy that the Brazilian coach, new Brazilian coach is bringing to the squad. He wants to really sort of build a close-knit squad together uh, with, um, you know, camaraderie, team spirit, that sort of thing. So even if Jesus isn't going to play, he wants him over there to be in and around it as this new sort of mentality philosophy builds at, in the squad. So that's what Arsenal were told when they were having conversations with Brazil, when Arsenal was saying, can we just keep him here? He's not he's not fit. He's not played. He's not even been training. And that was the message they were told. Um, he has now been left out of the squad for the game against Colombia, which I think is tomorrow night or tonight. Um, so he's been left out of that squad. The Brazil squad have now flown, flown from their sort of training camp, from their base to Colombia for that game. Jesus has stayed behind. So he's staying with the Brazil uh, at the Brazil training base, basically. Um, but the plan is, at the moment, according to the quotes from their manager, is that he's definitely not been ruled out of the game against Argentina, which I think is Tuesday night in Brazil, so Wednesday, early hours of Wednesday in England. Brazil hosts Argentina. Of course, it's a huge game, a massive, massive rivalry between the two countries. And Fernando Diniz, who is the Brazil manager, has been talking about it to reporters. And he says, I talked to Gabriel and he didn't come here without planning. He said he is feeling good. We thought it was an interesting risk to bring him here. Oh, lovely, a risk. Um, he is in good condition and we are doing things with great care. As soon as he arrived, we had a new MRI scan. We are treating him very carefully. And if he's in good condition, he can face Argentina. If not, I'm sure it was still very important for him to come in and return to Arsenal in better shape than when he got here. Interesting quotes. Like I said, I don't like the word risk there. We thought it was an interesting risk to bring him here. I'm not sure Arsenal would like to hear it sort of labelled as a risk as well, because I'm not sure risk is really worth taking when it comes to this situation. Um, but it's good that they appear to be treating him carefully. Like they said, they've given him an MRI scan. The fact they're not rushing him over to play Colombia is good that he stayed in Brazil to continue to work and to work on his recovery and rehab. But I don't know, to me, and this is just me talking, I feel Brazil versus Argentina, the intensity of that game, the importance of that game. If you haven't played a match in pretty much a month and you're a striker and you've got a hamstring issue that you've been recovering from, I'm really not sure Brazil versus Argentina is the game to come back for. And that clearly is what is being targeted. That's what Brazil are working towards is for him to get into some sort of shape that he can potentially face Argentina next week. And if he's not ready now to play Colombia, I don't really see how another couple of days training means that he could potentially face a game as important and as intense as Brazil-Argentina. So we shall see. Arsenal, understandably, a little bit nervous about the whole thing and will be watching very, very carefully in terms of what's going on. Edu's got very good connections with a Brazilian Football Federation, of course, used to work for them in regular contact, we're told, with Brazil to ensure that nothing, sort of no risks are taken when it comes to Gabriel Jesus. And you know, I've said it the whole time. I just hope, hope a sensible decision is made here. I just can't see if you're not ready now to play against Colombia. I'm not sure just how another few days can mean you are possibly ready to be thrown in for your first game in a month against Argentina in everything that that game. And we know how rapid that game is going to be you know it is going to be so intense so physical and I just can't see how it sounds like Gabriel Martinelli is going to start against Colombia 
and start as a central striker. I don't think he start, he's played as a striker before from Brazil. He's always been on the wing. It's a big opportunity for him potentially to get his first Brazil goal. Hopefully he will do. Gabriel, uh, no doubt, will start centre-back as well. So there's going to be plenty of Arsenal involvement in the Brazil-Colombia game, even though Jesus isn't involved and potentially against Argentina as well. Gabriel Martinelli, of course, is a huge thing. Absolutely huge. There's no Richarlison. He's injured. Obviously, Jesus not playing at the moment as well. If Jesus doesn't play against Argentina, if Martinelli plays well, against Colombia, then he could well be starting at home in Brazil against Argentina. For a player who left Brazil just a few years ago as an unknown teenager, what a remarkable story that will be and shows how far he's come and the development he's had at Arsenal. So fingers crossed it all goes very, very well for him. And yeah, as I said, hopefully Brazil just take all the very best care when it comes to Gabriel Jesus. Okay, on to the VAR now. Now, leak lineups. Uh, put this out on his Instagram yesterday. If you don't follow him yet, then head over and do it. It's a private account, so you have to request permission to follow him on Instagram. He's on uh, Team News and Ticks uh, on Twitter as well. Um, and I, I say, I just say go over and listen to this audio. It's really, really, I don't know. I'm not even sure the right word to describe it. I, I think I described it as remarkable. And that's probably all I can think of. I mean, it's it was the incidents that, Howard Webb in his ridiculous little propaganda show that he um he did with Michael Owen a couple of days ago on Sky. They didn't even bother showing the audio or playing the audio for this one. It was just glossed over in 12 seconds. These are the two red card instances. Uh, so Bruno and Kai Havertz as well, which the independent um, committee who sat down and assessed the referee's performance after the game both decided that these two incidents should have been a red card. Remarkably, uh, this one with Bruno was only three to two, so it's almost it was a split decision. Whereas the Havertz one four to one said it was a red card, uh, which baffles me out completely. Although I think both were red cards, um, but they didn't play the audio. It glossed over twelve seconds. It lasted the conversation between Howard Webb and Michael Owen, and there no questioning from Michael Owen at all about it. Just Howard Webb said, "Yeah, probably they should have been red cards." And that was it. And they didn't bother showing the audio. Uh, which just makes an absolute mockery of the whole openness that this show is supposed to provide. But it has now been leaked and it is well worth a listen. And just listen to this this one line from it. So what the VAR and the assistant VAR having the conversation say about the incident when Bruno comes running in, having just tried a two-footed challenge on Ben White that thankfully missed, and then comes running in and forearms Jorginho in the back of the head after the ball had gone. And this was the VAR conversation. He said, he puts his arm up, there's a glancing blow from the side, but for me, it's not used as a weapon. So that's why Bruno wasn't sent off. That's what they came, that's what two professional officials came up with in the VAR studio as to why that shouldn't have been a red card. It's a glancing blow. For me, it's not used as a weapon. Brilliant. So that's what we can do from now on. You can just do a glancing blow. A, it wasn't a glancing blow. It was a forearm smash to the back of the head. And B, that's not even the rules in the first place. It's not even the rules. Ask Blog did a really good blog on it again today. Um, actually, I think I've got it somewhere here. He's got the actual rule. He included the rule. So this is what the official rule states. There's a player who, when not challenging for the ball, deliberately strikes an opponent or any other person on the head or face with his hand or arm is guilty of violent conduct unless the force used was negligible. Negligible. Honestly, I'm stumbling over words so much um, now. <laughs> Yesterday, going to go back to that uh, nightmare I had with uh, mechanicalisms, as I called it, rather than mechanisms. Um, so that's the rule. That's the rules. 
So a player who, when not challenging for the ball, deliberately strikes an opponent or any other person on their hand or face with his, their hand or arm is guilty of violent conduct unless the force used was ne- ne- eligible. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. It's just madness. So where does hell does a weapon come into it? It's just, you know, professional officials basically making things up as they go along to not send players off. It's just utterly mad. It really is mad. And the whole incident, the whole game, everything that's gone on in it is just, as you can tell, makes my blood boil. But this one is just mad. I, I do urge you, get over to Instagram, follow Leak Lineups, follow him and listen to the whole thing if you haven't yet, because it just sheds a huge light on the farce of everything that went on in that game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, Jakob Kivior. I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Jakob Kivior, a player who the Arsenal signed for quite big money in January last year, 25-odd million. Came out of the blue, that one, and surprised a lot of people. Didn't really see too much of him last year. Um, started to play a little bit in the second half, of this, um, sort of towards the end of the season. It was a signing that Arsenal had been following for a while, and I think the initial plan was it was going to happen in the summer, and then suddenly it became avail- he became available in January. as a chance to do it early. They did that. They took it. Because they thought, you know what, well, we've got six months to bed him in second half of the season. And then, you know, this will be his first full season here. And I think he's done well. I, I like Jakob Kivior. I have to say, whenever I watch Jakob Kivior play, I think there's a lot to like about him. I think he's a really good defender. I think he reads the game very, very well. Technically, he's very, very good. We've seen him play at left back, at centre back. There is an option to play in midfield if you need be. Not that you'd ever really probably want to take up that option, but the, the option is there because he's that technically gifted of a footballer to do it. And I think he's a really, really good player, but he's been heavily linked over in Italy with a return to Italy. Arsenal obviously signed him from Spezia. He's been uh, Jose Mourinho is believed to want him at Roma. Milan as well wants him. Arsenal said to be absolutely resisting any sort of uh, offer to take him, whether it be on loan or permanent in summer. And I think that's absolutely in January, sorry. And I think that's absolutely the right decision. I think Kivior's a good player. I really, I like him. I think there's a lot of potential there for him. And I think it would be madness for Arsenal to consider letting Kivior go. They're not overly blessed when it comes to defenders. The injury to Timber have, of course, left them one defender short. And I don't think Arsenal are in any position to be allowing anyone to go in January who provides the sort of cover that Kivior does. And, you know, if, if there's an injury to Gabriel or even Saliba, I think Kivior's... And, and a very fine deputy for them. 
I think the set, the first six months he probably had last season, at the end of that season, I think it was done in the world of good. I think it helped him settle out of the spotlight a little bit. He wasn't thrown straight into the first team. I think he looks a much better defender and a much better player now this season than we saw in those first six months. I think that adjustment period he had then, when he wasn't really in the spotlight and was a little bit out of the team, has done him a lot of good. And whenever he does feature now, obviously he's not playing that too much, but whenever he does feature, I think he does well. I'm sure from him, as a player point of view, he might well be looking at it and thinking, you know what, I'm not playing that much at the moment. I saw the Poland manager has already said he wants players who are playing regularly. That's not impacted Kivior yet when it comes to his international chances. He's still starting games for them. But whether that remains to be the case for the long term remains to be seen, of course. So from a player point of view, he might well be sort of looking at interest back in Italy, where he's obviously done very well before especially from big clubs like Roma and Milan and thinking it's pretty pretty appealing. But from an Arsenal point of view, it's certainly not something I've been considering right now. And I wouldn't even consider it in the summer, really, because you just have to replace him. And I think the signs that I've seen, certainly from Kivior right now, is that he's a very good defender who can offer an awful lot of versatility and um, has the capability of, you know, being a decent Premier League player. So, yeah, I don't want to see Kivior go. I don't know about you guys, but let me know in the uh, in the comments below if offers do arrive for him in January. Are you like me? Do you think he should stay and Arsenal should say, no, no chance, you're not moving anywhere? Or do you think it should be something that Arsenal should entertain? Please do let me know in the comments below. OK, going to move on to a couple of your questions and comments now. Actually, before I do that, just to let you know, sort of pre-warning, I'm not sure warning is the right word there. Uh, but just to let you know, I've got another show coming out later this evening. Of course, yesterday I did one with James Benji inside Arsenal Extra Time. But I've got another sort of special, which I'm putting out later today. And that's with myself and Sam Dean from the Daily Telegraph, where we've sat down together and sort of assessed Arsenal's start to the season so far. Looking at um, the piece that Sam did, really good piece in the Telegraph yesterday, where he's been assessing it, looking at all the stats behind Arsenal's season in terms of their attacking, their defending, where they've improved, where they've sort of regressed a little bit from last season. So we sit down for a bit of a special looking at Arsenal's starts of the season so far. We go through our player of the season, goal of the season, match of the season, performance of the season. So please do keep your eyes peeled for that. OK, just on uh, a couple of questions and comments before we wrap this up now. So there's one here that says, Charles, can we get your opinion on Ramsdale's interview with Ian Wright and specifically on Ramsdale's points of concentration? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I sort of come back because I find it a little bit harsh. Like Ramsdale's going to get a lot of grief and criticism for this, which I feel is a little bit harsh because this is an old interview. I think it was in the summer and people have kind of revisited it now, I think on the back of Nick Ramsdale's interview and his comments and the fact that he's suddenly been in the headlines and suddenly people are criticising Ramsdale for this interview he gave Ian Wright, where he said he struggled to concentrate for 90 minutes in a game. And I think it's a little bit harsh. I think any goalkeeper will be in the exact same position. I think they'd all say it. It probably is quite hard for 90 minutes when you're not on the seeing much of the ball, you know, to keep that level of concentration absolutely fully focused for the entire time is probably hard. Your concentration probably does wane a little bit and you need to try and refocus yourself in games. And I think that was all that Ramsdale was saying. I don't think anything that he said really opens him up for any criticism or anything like that. I think it's very, very harsh for people to be having a go at Ramsdale for this. I think it was just an honest interview that he gives, that he gave, that I'm sure if you asked most other goalkeepers, they'd probably say the exact same thing, is that 90 minutes standing as a goalkeeper when the play is happening all around you down the other end of the pitch, sometimes you probably do lose focus a little bit and you have to kind of really sort of pinch yourselves at times to be like, right, hold on, get get back into it here, focus yourself because there is a game going on. So yeah, I'm not too bothered about it. I have to say it's not something that I'm that has uh, really concerned me listening to. And I think some of the criticism that people are giving Ramsdale for it, I think is very, very harsh. So a couple of you are linked together. It's on the Arsenal midfields. Hi Charles, I think this, 
I think this is what will happen with our midfield for next season. Party sold. Elneny, contract not renewed. Jorginho, one-year extension. Patino in the squad. New number eight or six. Others stay in ESR or Nelson, potentially on sale list if we bring in another midfielder or winger. And then also, so could you please provide an update on Wanieri and Patino? Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I would not say you're too far wrong with that. I would say right now, if I had to sort of predict, look into my crystal ball and predict for the future, party wouldn't surprise me at all if he is sold in the summer given he'll only have a year left on his contract, given his age, given his injury situation. If a decent offer arrives for Thomas Partey in the summer, I think Arsenal will certainly probably consider it. Uh, I think, they, well, they definitely would have considered it last summer, but a decent offer didn't arrive. So he stayed. Um, and it, yeah, if, a, if they can find a good buyer for Thomas Partey in the summer, I wouldn't be at all surprised if you're correct. And he is sold Elneny. Yes, I agree. Again, I think contract won't be renewed. I think next summer will be the summer that Elneny Departs in Jorginho, I agree again. I think a one-year extension. Arsenal have that one-year option on his contract to take up. At the moment, his contract runs out at the end of this season, but that one-year option means basically they have, you know, they can trigger that and keep him for another year. And the fact he's playing so much at the moment, he's clearly a very important player for Mikel Arteta. I think they take up that option because you can't really be signing two or you know, three central midfielders in the same summer. And that was kind of what Arsenal would have to do if Party, Elneny and Jorginho went. So I think the sensible option and the most realistic option is that they take up that option and keep Jorginho for another year. Um, Patino is an interesting one in terms of what's happening on him. Obviously, he's over at Swansea at the moment on loan, doing very well, had a very good start. Arsenal were open to selling Patino last summer. They changed their mind as the summer wore on, decided to let him go out on loan for another season. No new contract was signed, which means that he's only going to have a year left on his deal when he comes back at the end of the season and it is, you know, Arsenal are going to have to prove to him and his people that they really, really want him. If he's going to stay, if he's going to sign a new deal, then they're going to have to prove that they want him, that there is a pathway there. You know, Patino at the end of this season would have come back and he'd have played about, he'll, he'll be still a very young player, but he'll have about 80 championship games under his belt from his loan spells with Blackpool and, um, and Swansea, you know, although he's going to be very young, he is going to be very, very experienced, especially for his age. And he will need kind of to be rewarded for that. If he's going to stay at Arsenal, they're going to have to show that they want him and they're going to have to show that they value him and that he's got a place that there is a pathway for him to play. So in terms of my update on him, I don't really have an update as what it's been the same as it was since the end of last summer when he went to Swansea. It's a case of Arsenal just going to let him get on with it this season at Swansea, see how he does. And then everyone's going to sit down at the end of the season sort of assess the situation and if Arsenal are going to keep him they're going to have to give him a new contract and they're going to have to show his worth they potentially could do it in January or they probably should do it in January if they really want to keep Charlie Patino and they want to show to him that they value him and that they prove and and prove to him that they see a future for him then why wait till the end of the season you can see how well he's doing at Swansea now you can see and there is going to be interest in him I know there's interest in him clubs are watching him they are very very interested in him because of his performances so Arsenal really want to keep him why wait till the end of the season? Sit down in January with him, give him a new contract, show that they value him, give him what he deserves money-wise for a player who will had a season and a half of championship football under his belt. And um, and so, yeah, that's my my take on it. But it's, it's still very uncertain in terms of Charlie Patino's future, I'll put it that way. Uh, in terms of Wanieri, look, he's still very, very young, out at the moment playing for England at the under-17s World Cup. And um, yeah, I can't really see any more than that. I don't really know what's going to happen. He's obviously going to sign his pro contract when he turns 17. And and then we'll have to see what happens. He's still so young. It's, uh, it seems weird because he's been around for so long now. He's been in the headlines for so long now because of that 
appearance he made against Brentford when he was just 15. It's easy to forget how young he is and he's still got huge amounts to learn, huge amounts to develop. And, you know, they'll do that quietly, keep him up, try and keep him under, a little bit under wraps and, um, and hope that he develops into the player that he could well develop into. But it's still really, really early to tell and to say that he's going to make a big impact on the first team just yet. All right, everyone, that's it from me. Thank you very much for watching. Like I said, watch out tonight for that special show. Myself and Sandine looking at Arsenal's season so far. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a very good day. Speak to you soon.